to the Create a Dynasty podcast. Tonight, the dynasty is born, baby. Where chasing championships never ends. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank. And find us on Facebook and YouTube. The road to glory begins now. As we discuss draft strategy, trade advice, and player evaluation to help you create a dynasty. Yes, it's a dynasty. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Create a Dynasty podcast. I'm here back with us is Nate, and I got the younger, better brother, Ben, with us. How are you guys doing? You guys are killing me. I listened to that podcast and I was like, man, man, the time I'm going, I'm just getting, I'm getting blasted. But uh, don't worry, I'm back. I'm here to, uh, to make things right again. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you say. I mean, I had to do it while you couldn't rebuttal it. So I mean, I was sitting there driving in my car on my way to work, listening to the podcast, and I heard that. I threw my hands up in the air, man. It was uh, it was unexpected, but uh, you know, I guess a little friendly rivalry never hurt nobody. We play each other week yeah. one in a dynasty uh, super flex league, so I guess I'll uh, seek my revenge there. Uh huh. Sure. You say that now. <laughs> <laughs> see, Nate, and you can never say that we were talking behind your back because we knew. Oh, no, no, no. Right yeah. Here. Yeah. I could. I, I felt that. I sensed that when you guys were talking. I just like, <laughs> uh, it's good to be back. I'm stoked to be here with you guys again. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm having some technical difficulties with uh, the Wi Fi. So I'm going to be on the phone, as you guys can tell, for this episode. All good. All good. When we're talking fantasy football, it doesn't matter where we're from, right? Right. 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 So before we get into the main show, this is the first time that we've been together since we've completed our Create a Rank um, Superflex Dynasty League. How do you guys feel that you did? What do you guys think of the whole draft and your, what your team looked like at the end? What do you like and dislike? So I think one of the, the things about the, that was different about the league was the, the minimal starting requirements. So uh, just so to re- re- recap. It's one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, two flexes, and a super flex, and that's it across 14 teams. And so I think we talked about it on uh, episode three where it's kind of allows you to forego that starting goal and go, at least in my opinion, was go get studs. And so I moved up a lot, which is not something I generally do in uh, dynasty startups like a trade back, gain capital. Uh, but I moved up a lot and uh, ended up with, I think, at least in my my mind, a top three asset at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end in the dynasty community. Um, so I was happy with what my starters look like. I'm not so happy with my depth because I had traded up a whole bunch and ended up sacrificing some of that depth. But I think I took some some flyers here and there to uh, potentially be lottery tickets. But overall, I think I'm 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 pretty happy with my team. What about you, Ben? I like it. I mean. With it again, like how Nate said, it's only you know you're only playing one running back, one wide out, one tight end, one quarterback. Is like they said, you can go starter heavy and then kind of you know just get a flyer or a good bye week filler 
as your, you know, RB2 or your wide receiver two. And that's kind of what I did for running backs is I got the handcuff for my running back one, who was uh, Josh Jacobs. So I got Jalen Richard. And then I went and got uh, Darrell Henderson with all the news that was surrounding Todd Gurley at that time. So, and then I also have James White. So I think I'll be good for the bye weeks that happened. Um, but the one thing I'm really upset about is not having a third quarterback in a super yeah. flex league. Yeah. It's okay. I had three quarterbacks. I traded one away for the first, for a first rounder next year. Yeah. I saw yeah, that. I was going to ask you about that. that. I mean, it's good value, I think, but what do you think? How do you feel about um, playing with two quarterbacks this year instead of three? You know, honestly, like going into it, I really do not know how I feel because I've never played in a 14 team where you really only have to start one position. Um, But I mean, I started off, like I said, I was, I went with QB, but where (laughs) I messed up, I think me and you both messed up. I didn't, I forgot that we had a Kansas City fan with the first pick. So Mahomes was taken. Yep. Um, I traded up too, but luckily I was able to keep my first round pick for next year. Uh, but that's when I cut in front of you actually, Nate, and got Juju. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You guys both jumped in front of me, man. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So it was, you know, you know, I think this was the most interesting draft I've ever been because it seemed like people just kept sniping each other. Yeah. And it's, I think it's interesting when when you get a group of people that are all, I mean, this is a pack of all of ours right and uh it's something that we like to do i mean we're taking time out of our day today to record this because it's something we want to do and we like to do so versus just having your casual and there's nothing wrong with the home league but sometimes you have guys that you, know, you went to high school with the guys and gals you went to high school with or whatever and you have your redraft league or whatever um and it may not be as uh intense or as informed and i, I really like playing in these leagues where you know you got 14 solid owners that are ready to go yeah exactly. In your league. exactly so yeah so i mean my top guys, I got Luck, Juju, Kittle, and then Winston as my second quarterback. So I, I think I can I can make do because both of them have separate bye weeks, so I'll be able to at least play one quarterback. Um, right. And then I moved up to get my guy, Didi. I think he's going to do very well this year. I agree. And then I have I, – where I may have messed up is I went – young back-to-back with Debo Samuel and Paris Campbell, but they're very good prospects. So for some reason, if, if they're basic rookies and don't produce like a Odell Beckham, then I have a higher chance of having a high pick and then they come into it next year. So it's just one of those things where I don't exactly know how it's going to be for this year, but I think I have a team set up for the future. Sure. And that's something where you hope um, you can cover yourself because you have studs like you talked about with, with luck, Juju. I think, Honestly, I'm a big fan of Winston this year. Where you hope that if you're if you're forced to play Paris Campbell or um, Debo, and they're not necessarily at that wide receiver two, wide receiver three level of production, you're still able to maybe cover yourself. You know, if they're scoring at like a wide receiver four, well, if you kind of Andrew Luck, he's probably going to be a top three guy every week. So, does that differential help carry over? And like you're saying, I think it's good for the future as well. Yeah. So, I mean, and then it's funny because with Haskins, actually, Nate, I. And Ben, actually, I like both of your teams, and I think this year you guys can compete. And with your pick, when I traded for Haskins, your pick, I was going to get your pick. And then I looked at your team, I was like, nah, 
I told the guy, I, we'll, we'll do it, but I want your pick. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's, I'm rocking uh, Deshaun Watson. I got Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, uh, TJ Hawkinson as my starting four position guys. Um, and fellas, help me out here. I know I got Cortland Sutton and I got Kiki QT. And I believe Jared Goff's my flex, my super flex. Um, I'm bringing it up and right so I think now. I'm in a good position for now. I think you're yeah, in a good position for now. But, yeah, and it's – my running back, too, is Matt Breida or TJ Yeldon, you know. So, I'm sitting there kind of like, well, I guess I kind of know what I'm doing in 2020 <laughs> for the draft. So, uh, it's just kind of one of those things where I think I went very top-heavy, very thin, but I think I'll be able to produce this year and uh, make it work. Yeah. Let's see how we're listing off our rosters. I got uh, Baker Mayfield, who I jumped in front of you, Nate, to go get. and Yep. That was sweet, sweet revenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, Josh Jacobs, as I before mentioned, said, uh, Keenan Allen, O.J. Howard, and then my flexes are Godwin, James White, and then my second QB is Trubisky, who I think is going to have a breakout year. I have to agree to disagree, man, on, on Trubisky. We've had this talk since 20, whatever, he came in the league, 2017, 2016, whatever it was. He's got the weapons. But we'll see. He's got the he's got the offensive system. So yeah, got a coach. So I mean, right now these are these are very very early projections, and I'm not even done with my projections. Um, but I have Mitch Trubisky at 349 points for the year, about 21.82 points a game. So that's probably what like fringe top ten, top yeah. 15? Well, I mean, he right now he's actually my. QB eight, and I'm yeah. I'm not even done with some of the some of the other quarterbacks. Gotcha. So we'll see. We'll see where he ends up. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like halfway done. Gotcha. Okay. Well, looking forward to seeing what you got, man. Same. Yeah, we'll see. I think these are going to be adjusting just because I mean I was going through one of the league, one of the teams that we're going to be going through today, which actually that's a that's a good segue is we're going to be talking about uh, news, of course, bargain bin, and then we're going to break down the NFC West. So Seahawks, 49ers, Rams, and the Cardinals, and then we're going to get into the prospect of the week, of course, because we want you to everyone to be ready for next year, and then we're going to do the Twitter analysis. But yeah, like I was saying, 49ers are very difficult right now, especially with those dumb running backs. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a that's yeah, a pain to figure out. Out. But anyways, guys, before we get into the news, this podcast is brought to you by creatorank.com, our brand new fantasy football website where you the fan can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts, completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter at creatorrank.com. I'm sorry, at creatorrank for Twitter. And check us out on Facebook and YouTube. Let's go ahead and get into this news, fellas. Tyreek Hill from Kansas City could be suspended next month. And they did meet today if I saw something for like eight hours. Oh, wow. Uh, there was just there's just so, nothing i haven't seen anything that came out of it though did you guys yeah uh, i didn't see anything that came out of it uh not yet at least uh as of a recording but dude there's 
if you do something wrong, you should have to pay some adequate punishment. And I wasn't there. I can't speculate as to what actually happened. But if a crime did occur, then I think you should have to, to pay the punishment. And if that's if that's jail time, it's jail time. If that's a suspension, it's a suspension. Whatever, whatever the justice system sees fit, whether that's Goodell or the actual uh, U.S. justice system, uh, let it be. But I think this kind of tanks a little bit of Tyreek Hill's value. But at least we're getting some clarity on it being a suspension versus maybe a ban. So, so what yeah. would you say he's um, worth right now? Would you say he's worth a twenty twenty first? So I guess the question becomes: How long is the suspension? Um, is it is it going to be a full year? Is it going to be eight games? Is it going to be ten? Um, speculation that I've seen is eight games, um, and I know the NFL's domestic abuse policy is six games. So I don't know what, um, what child abuse, I think, is the her negligence along those lines. I'm not sure on the specifics, but I don't know if that's going to be an automatic six, if they're going to go higher than that. But I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to play like it's eight half the season. I think I would pay if I'm a contender. I definitely pay at 2021. Um, and again, this is purely from a fantasy football perspective, because I think he can come back and score points as he proved last year, being a top five wide receiver that I can make a title run on the back half if I'm a contender. So that's yeah. that's how I would I would pay if I'm a contender and I would stay away if I'm a in a rebuild. Yeah, I agree. No, I saw I saw uh, in one of my leagues I had uh Tyreek Hill traded or Tyreek Hill got traded along with Sutton and Mikol, the other wide receiver yep. for Kansas for a 2021st. Wow. That's a pretty good haul for a single 2021st. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just one of those things. The dude's trying to get whatever he can for Tyreek just in case something does happen. But, I mean, with the news that we have, I really don't th think he's going to get banned from the league. Yeah, I don't – I'm not sure. Uh, but I, if I'm a contender, I would I – would, I, I, would, I think I would I'd risk that because I think he has that tremendous fantasy football value Yeah, um, for your team. Uh, you guys aren't wrong. Um People have been suspended for a lot longer, for a lot worse. So we'll see what happens with them. But, yeah, I'm going to guess probably a min of eight yeah. and max of the season. Right. Um, well, I guess honestly, we could look at – go ahead. Go ahead, Nate. You probably, I mean, Adrian Peterson was in a similar situation if we – I think, right? Yeah, he was with the uh, season. Right. Yeah. And so if, that, if that's the if that's the – the guideline they're going to follow, then it might be a year ban, you know? Um, if not, and Adrian Peterson's back playing today, and obviously the running back position is a little bit different than the wide receiver position for longevity, but um, I think the the signs point to it looks like he'll be back in the NFL in some capacity at some point. Yeah. yeah. No, I, no, I, I definitely, definitely agree. And as this is like a dynasty podcast, by all means, like try to go get him at a discounted price because when he does come back, he's still going to be with Patrick Mahomes and a Kansas City's offense, right? Well, he's going to be good. My my concern is, does he come? Does he come back to Kansas City? That's why haven't they? They were very swift to act with Kareem Hunt. Why? What's the delay with Tyreek Hill? Um, if the Kansas City Chiefs decide not to bring him back because of this uh, off the field stuff, who wants to pick him up and deal with that? So it, it, it might be one of those like you get blackballed type things, like uh, uh, Ray Rice potentially or. Colin Kaepernick or something, you know, something where uh, it may be a black ball situation. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's purely speculation. Yeah, but the Browns are right there. 
Yeah, with John Dorsey. Uh, yeah, I mean, the like, and I was thinking the same thing you were right now, Nate. And I think realistically that Tyreek Hill and Pat Mahomes need each other because those two are just a match made in heaven, really. Yeah, no, they're they're phenomenal. Uh, you know, Pat Mahomes <laughs> throws it very far, and Tyreek Hill can run very fast. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> pretty, pretty so that I think he's more valuable than an RB because Reed can make an RB. You can't make a Hill. Sure. Uh, I agree. Well, with everything they got with McCall Hardman. Yeah, I'll see because yeah, if they can get similar production from McCall Hardman, then then why would you want to bring everything else that comes with Tyree Kill back? You know. No, I agree. It's just you're, you're dealing with a rookie, so yeah. If they if they can see that they're getting that same production, then maybe they move. But as of right now, you you don't know what McCall's going to do. Right. Yeah. No. A lot of a lot of question marks. A lot of uh, speculation. Uh, surrounding the Kansas City Chiefs, I think my personal opinion is, uh, if you're a contender, I would I would pay uh, to get him in the hopes that he can come back and win you a fantasy football title. And again, I don't condone any of the accused or any of the accusations, but strictly fantasy, fantasy football talk. Yes, I, yep. He he's a top five wide receiver, talent wise. He's top five in scoring. He's he's a, he's an asset for your fantasy football team. I agree. Yeah. Okay, New England, Sony progressing quickly from knee scope. Uh, running backs, knee, knee injuries. This is what his second time he's dealt with a knee injury before camp in the season. I guess it was last year throughout the year, and then now he's got the knee scope. Drafted Damien Hayes. There's a lot of question marks. I hate having to try to play the roulette of the New England backfield. Who's it going to be when? You know, Sony could bust go for 11, 1,200 yards this year, or it could be Damian Harris, or it could be Rex Burkhead. So I think his ADP right now is in the third round of startups, and I'm not, I'm just not comfortable paying that price for Sonny Michelle personally. Me either. Yeah, me either, especially when you can get uh, James White. If you're in PPR, like you can get James White in, like, what, the 8th, 10th uh, round? Um, yeah, which is kind of crazy. As a running back, yeah. eight, obviously he was a little boosted last year, a little bit higher than normal with Sony being out, Rex Burkhead being out. But mm-hmm. yeah, if I'm taking a stab, if I'm throwing a dart, and we'll get into that here with San Francisco and their backfield as well. But I think I'd stay away from on my personal. I'd stay away from Sony that with that price tag, and I'd, I'd dart throw like Damian Harris or uh, James White later. Yeah, and if you draft him at that, it's going to be very hard to trade him because a lot of people are going to be wary, just like you are. Yep, yep, yep. And it's hard to. One of the things uh, I like to not draft. I like to not draft people at their ceiling. Um, and I think that's where Sony's ADP is right now. Uh, is his ceiling is is going to be a, a third round, maybe slide in the back of the second round if he has eleven, twelve hundred yard year, just because of all the uncertainty with New England with Tom Brady. How much longer is Belichick going to be there? There's a lot of uncertainty. So I think he's at his ceiling as far as ADP, and that's not where I want to be buying people. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I would arms agree with that. Yeah, no argument. That was said very well. Thank you, gentlemen. The better brother is back. <laughs> all right, guys. You guys ready to get into the next segment? Let's you ready, Ben? Yeah, by all means. All right. This is the bargain bin. Bargain bin. So, all right. So, oh, go ahead. <laughs> ben, uh, <laughs> just, just from the list you provided us, you got 
from the same team, Tampa Bay, you got Mike Evans as the wide receiver six, ADP at 12. And then you have Chris Godwin, wide receiver 22, with an ADP of 47. Yes, and sorry for that. I was just rearing to go and to get into I, it. Hey, I, I like the excitement. <laughs> I like the excitement. <laughs> but um, as we stated in the, the past uh, episode when we started this, it was, is the wide receiver one for this team worth it? And uh, to be fair and to be blunt and to say it right now, I'm trying to make an argument for Chris Godwin, but I really can't. It's Mike Evans, a wide receiver six, and the players that are around him. Uh, with Joe Mixon, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, and Delvin Cook. Uh, I would rather have Mike Evans there scoring 17.8 points per game than Chris Godwin, who has been hyped up over this offseason by the head coach Bruce Arians, trying to get 100 catches in the year. But with uh, just some of the players that he has around him, uh, Adarius Geis, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Philip Lindsay, all guys who can potentially win you games during a single or during a single week. Uh, I think I'd be much more comfortable to have Mike Evans and then one of those aforementioned running backs. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like I tried. I looked at this. I tried to make an argument for Godwin. I just can't. Yeah, I, I think Mike Evans is what this is his fifth season, right? Or is he? Again, minor sound guys, so I'm, I'm struggling with the stat checking. But he has yet to go below 1,000 yards in a single season in his career to this point. Um, yeah. You're going to get that consistent floor. Uh, he has an incredible red zone presence. He's a big, lanky, athletic dude. He's going to go up and catch the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, you could get your, I guess, the second tier of running back ones that I like to call it. Like you have your elite four, like with McCaffrey, uh, Kamara, Zeke and Saquon, and you start getting to, like, Joe Mixon, Melvin Gordon, Ty Gurley, Delvin Cook. So mm-hmm. I think Evans kind of fits in that tier break of, well, let me go get a bona fide wide receiver one, and then, like you're saying, Ben, I can go get Darius Geis, I can get Josh Jacobs, I can get Philip Lindsay, these younger guys who have potential, who are all their running back ones on their team, um, that can potentially get you running back one-like numbers. So I think I'd, I'd rather double dip there instead of going and grabbing uh, Joe Mixon or Melvin Gordon, I like those guys, but pairing them with Chris Godwin, I think, is less effective than Evans with Geis or Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unlike last week, don't get me wrong, I like Pettis. I think he is the number one, but the value with Debo, especially with Pettis not having as much experience, NFL experience, or that much more NFL experience from Debo, there's value in Debo. With this one, and Nate, you said it, you don't like to draft people at their ceiling. With Evans, you're kind of drafting him at his floor. Yeah. Yep. That wide receiver six, because he's, I think he, I can't remember, I think it was two or three years ago. He had kind of yeah. a down year, but his down year was still like wide receiver 13, I think. So, yeah. And you're not drafting him at his ceiling. So I just, Mike Evans is a stud. Yep. And Godwin is a maybe. It could be. Right. He could be Fitzgerald. Yep, a lot of question marks because he's still unproven. New head coach, new system. Yeah, so give Hasn't me the, really. yeah, exactly. In this situation, give me the guy who I know what I'm going to get out of. Yep, I agree. That was a pretty easy one, Ben. You got to make it a little harder on us, man. Yeah, you know, next week I will. Trust me, I will. 
gonna have a joyous time with my suits. Let me tell you. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's get into it. NFC West. Seattle. Right. Let's start with Nate. You want to start with Russell Wilson? Sure. So for this segment, we're going to break down all the fantasy-relevant players in the NFC West, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end uh, per team. We're going to look at uh, the player, what they've done, what we think they're going to do, what their contract situation looks like, uh, trying to give you as much information as we can. Um, I'm going to give you guys where – I'm going to start finishing up my, my expert rankings for creator rank. I'll throw out my dynasty values, and I just want to preface – when I give you a dynasty, like, hey, Russell Wilson right now is my quarterback seven in dynasty, that doesn't mean he is the seventh guy I'm taking necessarily. That I treat that kind of like stocks, where I think he is the seventh most valuable quarterback in assets. So if I were to trade Russell Wilson, I could, out of all the other rest of quarterbacks, I get the seventh best return from him. So when I'm talking about where I'm ranking these guys, that's what I mean where they're ranked. So Russell Wilson, he's 30 years old. He just uh, entering his eighth NFL season this year. In his career, he's never finished below quarterback 11. Uh, he's had 375 or more rushing yards in every single season except one. And he just signed that mega deal this offseason, four years, $140 million, uh, with a potential out after the 2022 season. And he'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2024. Like I said, he's my quarterback seven. Uh, his touchdown numbers were way up. Uh, his touchdown rate, I mean, was way up. So they like to run the ball a lot, and uh, he was wildly efficient throwing touchdowns. So I do see that number coming down a little bit, but I think it'll kind of all level itself out when the crazy high rush attempts start to meet and the pass attempts go up, rush attempts go down. I think you'll see him kind of level out and be a back-end quarterback one-type uh, season, depending on his rushing ability. Ben, what do you think? No, I, I agree with that. Um, again, like we said, he's 30, but in quarterback years, it's like he's like 25. Yeah. So he still has another good time. five to seven years in his in his NFL life before we really start to worry about him. Um, yeah. My only worry is just how Seattle is going to be more of, you know, run first, pass second, if that's going to stop him. But we saw that last season and it still didn't stop him. So. Well, the problem that arises from passing less is his ability to scramble because if he's going to run on a designed run, that's great. And he'll get his rush yards, but where he's really a, uh, a fantasy moneymaker is when he's scrambling um, and he yeah. can create for himself and get 15 yards here, 10 yards there. It really jacks up his floor on a week to week basis. So if they're going to be throwing less, you know, that, that does kind of worry me with his rushing floor. That's why I think, I've got him anywhere from he finished quarterback five all the way to quarterback fourteen, based on my just on his rushing ability. Is he going to hit that three seventy five number? If he does, he's probably a back end quarterback one. If he's above that, he's probably closer to five. If he's below that, he might be out of the top twelve. So a lot of it depends on his rushing. Yep. Yeah, and, and uh, last year, yeah, last year he didn't have any rushing touchdowns if if I remember correctly. And I mean, he is a pretty good passer. Oh yeah, no, nothing to take away from his passing game. Yeah, but no, it's just, it's just that the volume. If the volume is going to be driven down, then he's got to be extremely efficient, which he was last year, which is why he was relevant because he didn't, he wasn't running the ball like you said, no rush touchdown. Yeah. So, no, and he's uh, he's he's going to be good. I mean, he has a better O line. He he. So they're going to keep him safer. So if you're worried about stability or durability, he's going to have it. They finally realize that they need to put an offensive line around him, and I mean. 
he had they have the running game to do it. You've seen them do it. And then not only that, Lockett, I'm coming around on Lockett, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. And it just all depends on who else they have, how Metcalf plays out. Um, but I think he's going to be a great wide receiver for years to come. Yeah, I agree. Or not wide no, receiver, quarterback. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, Chris Carson. Huh? Yeah, the backfield gets a little muddy. Uh, you want to take Chris Carson? Yeah, I can take Chris Carson. He is oh. like – <laughs> he's the running back everyone loves to hate because of the next running back Rashad Penny but he's in my books and I'll take this to the bank and if I'm wrong I'll take the, the flag for it he will be the starter in 2019 and he will keep it throughout 2019 Carson? But, yes okay he's you know 24 entering his third season which is usually your breakout year uh only bad part is, is he he has been banged up throughout his two years. Uh, he's only played 18 games in two seasons, but finished as uh, the RB15 last year in PPR. Has or uh, went for 1,151 yards, nine touchdowns, and had about four and a half yards per carry in 2018. Uh, he had 24 targets for 20 catches, 163 yards, which I mean is serviceable. And like we said, he's year three of his rookie deal, which is only six hundred sixty thousand right now. And then next year, it jumps up to seventy or uh, seven hundred fifty-one thousand. So he's not anything big on their books, and I just don't see Penny beating him out. He couldn't beat him out last year, and he couldn't beat him out through the year when he was hurt. So if you want to take Penny, you can. Yeah, tackle Penny Lou. No, I agree. I have a Chris Carson right now as as the number one, but not by not by much. Penny's going to get a lot more work. Yeah, that, I kind of agree with you guys. I think uh, Chris Carson is. I mean, it, it, they they drafted Rashad Penny. I'm like, what are, what are they doing? Like, they have Chris Carson. You know, like it's this cheap, effective running back. But it was only a four game sample at the time, and, and Carson ended up balling out last year. Uh, Rashad Penny showed. One of his big weaknesses coming out of college was his pass blocking, and that doesn't affect fantasy football at all. You're not going to score points from four or lose points from four pass blocking, but it's the ability to get on the field. And he wasn't able to get on the field because he's a liability in the pass game. So uh, allowed Chris Carson to get out there and, and, and seize control of it. Yep. So you want to get into Rashad Penny now? Yeah. You want to take a look at me, do it? Yeah, I got it. So Rashad Penny, 23 years old, entering his second year. 14 games played in 2018. His PPR is running back 87 in the Dynasty Leagues. And last year he had 419 yards, two touchdowns, with a YPC, which is yards per carry of 4.93. 12 targets, nine catches, 75 yards for the passing game, zero touchdowns. First round pick on the rookie deal, team option, and he has a team option for 2020. And with Rashad Penny, see, this is where when I was looking at them, he's not going to be behind by much just because last year he didn't he wouldn't participate because he had that thumb injury. Yep. So he yep. didn't get a, he didn't get a lot of practice time at the beginning. So he came in behind, and I mean he kind of balled out at the end. So right. it I do agree that as of right now, as of today, Chris Carson is the number one running back on that team, but once. OTA, well, yeah, OTA's training camp 
and realistically the preseason starts, I'm going to be looking very closely to see how, how they're using them. Because right. it, it, realistically, it is too close for me for them. Yeah, which is ultimately a fear of every dynasty owner, right? Is you hate to pick one of these guys and invest in them and lean on them and hope to get some sort of running back to production, which you got from Carson. But if you split what Carson did essentially last year in a run-heavy offense, um, you're not, you're not going to get a very – you're going to running back. Each running back will rush for about 600 yards, which is not <laughs> somebody rolling out weekly at, at your running back two spot. So yeah, both talented, both think really good for the real football uh, in the NFL. I think great options for the Seahawks to, to win some football games, but may not be the clearest fantasy football situation. Yeah, so let me ask you guys a, a question. This year, I think we all agree, is Chris Carson. Next year, who do you think it is? Uh, I feel like the torch will get passed because <sighs> I want to see what Rashad Penny does this year. I, I'm a big believer in Chris Carson, um, but I really can tell you, um, I'm not. I'm really not sure. Uh, I don't have to cop out, but I, I, I can't give you. A, I can't give you an answer. It's that no. that muddy for me. No, I agree with you. Like I said, um, it could happen like week eight. You know, they pass the torch to the Penny. I'll be very sad, but it could potentially happen. And if that's it, then yeah, Penny takes it and runs with it. And they finally make use or make make use of this first round draft pick that they had. But as things stands today, I still think Carson holds them off. Or at worst, it goes to a running back by committee. Gotcha. Well, that's what Good I think it's going to be. I think it's going to yeah. be a running back committee this year. And it could be one of those things where Chris Carson gets a little bit more of the work at the very beginning. But give it four or five games, there'll be a running back by committee. And I still think it's, I still think it's Chris, but by next year, I think it's Penny. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, well, I think that wraps up Seattle's backfield, fellas. Uh, yep, let's get into Tyler Lockett. Cool. This is my guy, man. Uh, Lou, you're coming around too. Tyler Lockett, I have him as the wide receiver at 18 in Dynasty. Uh, he's 25, centering his fifth season. He's only missed one game in four years, which is bonkers uh, to be durable because he's, I mean, he's, he's a little guy. Uh, super fast, deep threat. Uh, prior to 2018, he had actually never finished higher than wide receiver four, uh, which is a wide receiver four, um, despite every single season he had being within five targets of his 2018 total, which was 71 targets. So across his four seasons prior to that, he had seen very similar target volume, but never climbed higher than wide receiver 44, except in 2018 when he went bonkers in the touchdown category uh, with 57 catches, 965 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So uh, does that number come down? Maybe, probably, because his volume go up with his catches with Doug Baldwin leaving? Probably. Uh, he's under contract through 2021, unrestricted free agent 2022, but his cap hit jumps up pretty significantly here. Uh, from 7.3 million in 19 to 10.25 million in 20, and then 11.5 million in 21. So uh, 19 looks like a pretty affordable year. 10.25 is still not that bad of a cap number, but in 2021, you know, he'll be in his what, seventh year in the league, eighth year in the league. Might be losing a step. Maybe DK Metcalf is catching his strides. Maybe they want to power them until then, but I think he's a safe three year window player for you. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, go ahead, Ben. I, I agree. Like like Nate said, he's a safe player for you to play, you know, as your flex or if you run wide receiver or have three wide receivers, you have to start as your wide receiver three. But I do like Lockett, but 
here are some stats is from his rookie year onward to 18 was never above 670 yards receiving through his 2015, 16, 17, never above 52 catches. And then after his rookie year, rookie year, he caught six touchdowns. After that, he had combined of three and he explodes this year in year four. And Nate, you said the stats of it. So is this a, star in the making or was it well he had a boom year and that's it yeah and, and before, then he was, i think helps because I mean, before and he was fairly consistent around that you know 45 catch range to about 550 yard range with you know touchdowns could bump up but yeah that's that's what he was good for yep. yeah uh, um i think the difference is is that he didn't really have baldwin this year yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, just for when it go, comes to a target share, he had 18% of the target share yards per reception was 16.9 receiving touchdown rate was 14.1 for last year. Catch rate was 80. So what's funny is, is like I said, I didn't complete all my projections. I'm still going through it, but I did because I knew we were doing the show. Of course I did complete everything for this division and Tyler Lockett is my wide receiver one for this division. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I brought down the catch rate. I brought down, I mean, I have them down for targets of 121 for with 82 receptions, 1,153 yards, 8.5 touchdowns, with 50 i mean fantasy points 15 15 points a game yeah no and that'll do it because that, that's, that's kind of what his he's always been the ancillary piece the secondary you know the guy playing behind doug baldwin uh jimmy playing behind jimmy graham there for a little bit as well as doug baldwin and now he's the guy um and you know he showed he could do it last year and so i think we respond to him and if the volume can increase there's no reason he shouldn't be um in that high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one, potentially. Uh, you're talking about number one wide receiver whole division. Like, if he can, his volume can go up, Wilson's a pretty damn good passer, and he can, he can make you a wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean, when I yeah. saw it, I really couldn't believe it. So, I think this is one that I'm going to be playing with <laughs> as time goes on. Because, And honestly, I didn't really look at the whole division until right now. And when I saw that he was yeah. the first wide receiver off, it was just kind of shocking. Yeah, well, hey, that's that's a process, man. I think that's something that it opens up your eyes, and I suggest everybody uh, has some sort of projection model that they use or something that they can uh, project off of instead of just picking and poking. Like, oh yeah, I really like this guy. Like, I mean, you're putting it, you're using logic. Hey, Baldwin's gone. If you can, we're gonna drop his catch rate a little bit, but I think it's fine because if the numbers are the numbers, like you're, you'll tweak it a little bit, like you said, but that's still even if he comes down a little bit, he's still in a, in a pretty good category, you know. No, exactly. No, I agree. And I don't mean to like trash on Tyler Lock. I think he's a good player. I like him too. But like your main, your main points of why he did well was Doug Baldwin wasn't there, which is very true. And he's not there this year, but then the supporting cast around him was guys like Jaron Brown, David Moore, and then Nick Van Nett. Okay. And the supporting cast this year is, yeah, so now, like, next, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not saying it's like it's 
changed drastically. What I'm saying is like they actually have like an out an X receiver now instead yeah. of you know we're locked well, and had that, to play that. Right. But so does that does that move him out of that deep threat role? Does that move him into this underneath guy? And like we're talking, if he can get more volume and still blow the top off from the slot, awesome. Because well, DK Metcalf, which we'll talk about next, if he can play outside and handle all the outside work. Does that give him yes. more volume underneath? You know, because I have the, the top tight end I have projected for Seattle is Will Disley, and he ain't exactly a, a PPR ethic tight end. You know, he's a big hulking dude. No. And uh, no, so is no, no, Doug Lockett on that role as the PPR guy like Doug Baldwin? I don't know, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Like I said, I just wanted to get that out for the listeners and all that. <laughs> yeah, you're just a hater. Yeah. Hey, I, I, uh, I'm not going to argue. Ben, I, I can't argue because I, I have a, another show and I was really dissing Tyler Lockett. But after I did this, it's just once you see numbers and you kind of put you kind of put them because honestly, when I did everything, I wasn't being biased because I don't like Seattle. I don't like L.A. and I don't like the Cardinals. So I, I really I was just looking at the numbers and this is what come out. Like I said, I, I just saw this right now for the first time because I wanted to get ready for the show. And I just brought all the players from that division into it. I was a little shocked when I saw he was the number one for that division. When you've got Cook, Woods, and Cup in that same division. Yep. Yeah, no. that's crazy. Yeah, like I said, I'm no. never going to go on go on record and say he's a bad wide. I'm just saying, like... You said he's a bad wide. Bad. Yep. No. We have it recorded. It's been recorded. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, yeah, you can do a sip of that and everything. And, whew, I'm going to take some flack for that. But <laughs> it's just, like... I don't see, you know, the 10 touchdowns again. I see that regressing back down. Will that compensate for the volume? Who knows? He's a very polarizing player, I think, is what we're, we're getting at here. Uh, yeah. A lot of, there's a wide range of outcomes. Yes. Uh, all right. So just to wrap up the Seahawks, the receiving core, they did a lot of youth drafting. Ended up taking the Cam Metcalf in the second round. They took Gary Jennings as well. They got John Arsua from Hawaii. Um, they're still rocking with David Moore. So DK Metcalf is obviously the biggest name of the bunch. Um, freaky, freaky athlete. Ran at four three three forty. He's a big dude, uh, like six two thirty. I'm sorry, six four two thirty. Um, second round pick, so he'll be a four year deal. Um, he'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. Um, he's probably the second wide receiver I'd want to own in Seattle if I'm, if I'm picking a second one. Uh, but like we've talked about before in our rookie mocks and stuff, he is a high ceiling row four guy where I'd love to have him in my flex um, occasionally, uh, depending on matchups sometimes. But he's not somebody I think you can rely on year one as a as a productive, consistent scorer. Yeah. I think he's the type of player, like you said, you know, big boom bust. But he's a player that could potentially win you games, but will never lose you a game his rookie year. And I think that would be his, his kind of his career throughout the NFL as a fantasy asset. Yeah. And for a dynasty, I mean, he is someone to invest in because like you said, they have high draft stock in him. So he has that four year deal right away. Um, mm-hmm. So he's, he had, when you look at stocks, he's a good investment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's okay. Um, and just sorry guys, the hijack the Seahawks here. The last, the last bit, uh, Will Disley is the tight end. Uh, this is probably the last guy. Um, 
well, I guess we're, we'll talk about tight end for every team. He's a big dude, like 6'4", 265, former O-lineman from Washington State, entering his second year. He was a darling early on in 2018. Uh, we ended up tearing his patella uh, and only played four games. But in his four games, eight catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. He's a fourth-round pick, which shows a lot of uh, confidence, especially in a former offensive lineman making that transition to tight end. Um, but it seemed like Russell Wilson liked him early. He's not somebody I'm drafting in my tight end one, but he's a decent stash, especially at his uh, his current draft position. I think is is dang, dang near undrafted, so he's worth yeah, that yeah. tight end three on your roster, maybe with with potential touchdown upside week to week. Yeah, he's like tight end fifty right now, going off in most starter drafts. So yeah, he's practically going undrafted, and you can get him for almost free. So I don't know why you wouldn't, especially what he showed his what four games they played and well technically three games and then in the fourth game he played what two or three plays something like that when got yep. yep yeah yeah, yeah and well, I, I agree with uh, you he's my uh, number one tie-in for seattle as well but i mean that's not saying much for this year right yeah yep. so overall i think seattle's got some viable fantasy assets I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right on creatorrank.com. Brought to you by the guys at CPMC, this service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast and creatorrank.com slash product slash cpmc arizona cardinals so quarterback kyler murray number one overall pick in the 2019 draft 21 years old he's also a top 10 pick in the nlb draft which looks some speculation about him uh playing baseball playing football it looks like he's gonna play football 2018 heisman trophy winner he's got the standard first round contract so that's always a four-year deal with a fifth-year team option uh, my question is how high can he finish? You know, he's got an incredible rushing floor. He's going to the air raid offense with Cliff Kingsbury. He's handpicked. Uh, I have him as my dynasty QB eight right now. Um, and I think that's something that he can improve on, uh, largely due to his pinpoint accuracy and his speed. Um, David Johnson, 27 years old, going into his fifth year, missed 15 games in 2017 with a wrist injury. So not a knee injury, not an ankle injury, a wrist injury. Um, and outside of 2017, he's actually never finished below running back nine in PPR, which was last year. He finished running back nine. Uh, last year, he had 940 yards rushing, seven touchdowns, only 3.65 yards of carry. But he had 76 targets, 50 catches for 446 yards and three touchdowns. He's got three years left on his extension. He'll be an honor streak of free agent in 2022. His cap hits climbed significantly after 2019. Um, 2019, it's $9.75 million, and then in 2020, it goes to $14.25 million, and then 2021, it goes to $12 million. Now, there's a dead cap out after 2021 where it's only $3 million in dead cap. So um, instead of paying that $12 million in 2021, they could cut him and only pay $3 million. Um, their wide receiver core, I think, is highlighted by the man, the myth, the legend, Larry Legend, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, 35 years old. He's entering his 16th NFL season. There are, uh, I mean, his NFL season could go take its driving test um, and drive a vehicle in the United States. Um, there's a note here that says he's the greatest wide receiver of my lifetime. Um, I think, honestly, if you look at it from a career longevity perspective, you have Jerry Rice, and it's not somebody I got to watch in his heyday. 
And you got Larry Fitzgerald, who I think is right up there in the top four or five wide receivers of all time. Uh, he was PPR wide receiver 25 in 2018 by posting uh, 112 targets on 69 catches, 734 yards, and six touchdowns. Signed a one-year deal worth $11 million. My guess is he'll keep uh, signing one-year deals until he wants to call it quits and he'll be a Cardinal to retires. But um, the big question with him is they just drafted all these young guys that Christian Kirk we'll talk about next. Um, when does he retire? When does he hang them up? Uh, Christian Kirk is probably probably the highest, the hottest fantasy asset in the wide receiver core. I would say he's 22 years old, entering his second year. He broke his foot, uh, required surgery last season. He was the wide receiver number 58 in PPR, 43 catches and 68 targets for 590 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, standard second uh, round pick contract, season year two of a four-year deal. Ended up drafting Andy Isabella in the second round this year and Hakeem Butler with the first pick in the fourth round this year to round out their receiving core. And then Ricky Seals-Jones is probably their tight end. Uh, him or Caleb Wilson, who ended up, who was Mr. Relevant, the last pick of the 2019 NFL draft. Both of those guys I don't see a lot of usage for. Um, they run a lot of 10 personnel, which we talked about as one running back, zero wide receivers. So they don't really use the tight end. Ricky Seals-Jones did play wide receiver in college a little bit at Texas A&M with Kyler Murray when he was at Texas A&M Aggie before he transferred to Oklahoma. So there's a little bit there. You might buy into that a little bit, but he just came back on a one-year deal. I'm not sure he's going to stick around much longer or be a viable option. Tell us, what do you got with the Cardinals? All right, so first, I just want to make a comment on what you said, Nate. You said they run 10 personnel with one running back and zero wideouts. I oh, think sorry, you zero tight one end. Running back. Yeah, zero tight end. Sorry, sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think this team goes as Calamari takes them. And in that, there's a nice little asterisk that says, as far as that offensive line keeps them healthy. Right. Uh, because that offensive line isn't great. They, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't invest anything in an offensive line. No draft picks. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, so my main question then for everyone who has Kyler Murray so high, like maybe you have him as QB8, is what is he going to do besides a rushing floor that Josh Rosen couldn't do? Uh, provide pinpoint accuracy have a coach that hand-selected him from a super high-powered offense. Um, and our power just came back on, boys. Yes. And then uh, <laughs> the, uh, he's, he's super accurate in the red zone. I think he'll be able to score touchdowns on the ground with his legs. When we talked about Russell Wilson, they're going to throw a lot, which is going to lead to a lot of improvised running situations for him. And he'll get cheap 10 yards, cheap 12 yards. I'm not sure if you saw the video of him racing Isabella and ran a 4-3-1 at the combine. Dude, that's uh, – he was step-for-step with Andy Isabella. So, if mm-hmm. he can scoot for 10, 12 yards on a breakdown because the offensive line just letting people in, so be it. I think that's awesome. But, yeah. No, I think my thing is, like, yes, the new offensive system, the air raid that's coming into the NFL, and him is going to shock the NFL for a year, possibly two. And I just think after that, I think he turns into RG3. We're a great quarterback, and he's just going to get hurt. Like, I'm sorry. That's just my opinion of him. So well, I would say get him Kyler, now and trade him later, but that's about it. 
thing with Tyler is he's never shown a he's always shown a knack to get down or get out, which is not something Robert Griffin the third ever Robert Griffin III was a big dude, and so he could take some of those hits. He could go head to head. He could get tackled. Uh, it ended up hurting him long, long term. But Calvert realizes he's a little dude, and so he spends a lot of his running time. He's moving so quick, he can analyze and, and, and not have to deal with the trash. So I don't know. I think he's. No, and again, my only rebuttal to that is yes, you can get down if you're running. Uh, but unless you got, you know, eyes in the back of your head with that offensive line, you're going to be taking some shots. Sure. And that's going to, that's going to come with time, but so. it's some film study. Yeah. I just, like I said, I see a lot of Russell Wilson in his scrambling ability. Um, and that's for a lot of years, what made Russell Wilson so great. Not saying he's going to be Russell Wilson by any means, but he has, that potential and realistically he has that ceiling um so to say that he's going to be an rg3 i don't see it i think he's i think he's going to be good i mean he's he's played scrambling you've seen him do it and like nate said i mean he kind of knows how to go with the hit so i just he's going to be very exciting to own and the hype is there for him everyone has seen it and and everyone's on board now when it when it comes to his ADP and whatnot, um, yep. the other most exciting person to own on that team is going to be David Johnson. Agreed. And then after yeah. that, uh, wide receiver. When it comes to Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, when it comes to dynasty, you want to invest in Christian Kirk. Um, and in startups, you want to take Larry at the very end. And if you have Larry Fitzgerald, you're pretty much a contender because I still think he's going to be the wide receiver one for this year. It's not someone yep. you want to invest in for the future. So it's just in a dynasty, it's very hard to kind of evaluate the wide receivers and what you want to do. Cause you don't really want both just in case that air rate system fails. Right. Yep. I'm with you. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm a contender in uh, a, a couple of leagues, but Larry Fitzgerald is uh, a guy I've been stashing and trying to trade for. And we'll talk, actually talk about it here. Um, maybe with one of our Twitter roster analysis, but it's, he's a nice flex play to have because I think he provides a high floor with a, it's not as high of a ceiling, but he could potentially be their red zone guy. Like I know they have a King Butler, but he's a rookie. He's got to learn. He's got to do all that stuff. Larry Fitzgerald's a savvy pro where he's a bigger bodied guy. He can make those plays in the red zone for Kyler Murray. Yeah, I agree. And now, the prospect of the week. Of the week. All right, so prospect of the week uh, will be Colorado junior LaVisca Chenault, uh, wide receiver. He's six foot two, 225 pounds. In his two seasons at, at Boulder, uh, he has played in 16 games. He's got 93 receptions for 1,179 yards receiving, uh, six touchdowns and 12.7 yards per reception. So he is a bigger body guy. He is six foot two, like I said, 225 pounds. Um, he didn't play much as a freshman, but uh, in his sophomore campaign, he only played in nine games, but man, he was efficient. He averaged nine and a half catches for 112 yards and a half a touchdown a game. Uh, despite being six foot two, 225 pounds, he is, he plays like a smaller wide receiver. Um, Cause they, they get him in open field a little bit and have him move around a little bit more. And he's able to create these yards with 
his vision and his legs and his athleticism. So despite the, the Buffs have bounced around being good, bad, in between football team, but LaVisca Chenault is a constant for them, uh, scoring points, having uh, phenomenal field vision, and he's still winning the red zone too with his big body, with being able to out jump or out wheel defenders when the ball's in the air. The ball's in the air, and it's his, it's his football. I wouldn't be surprised if he can flirt with almost 1,300 yards receiving this year, um, just based on statting him out a little bit. Um, I have him as my wide receiver two in the 2020 class behind Jerry Judy, and that's it. So, a lot of potential for Lavisca Chenault to be a, probably a top five, top six pick in your 2020 rookie drafts. Well, and that's good information. And who were the the prospects that we went over before? Yep. So the first prospect we talked about, I'm sorry, the four prospects we talked about before were quarterback Justin Herbert from the University of Oregon. Uh, we talked about DeAndre Swift, running back from Georgia. We talked about Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson. And we talked about wide receiver Jerry Judy from the University of Alabama. So these are the names you guys all want to all want to keep in your head for next year, especially when you're trading those 2021. Yeah, and all five of these guys we listed. Uh, Herbert, depending on your your format, if it's single quarterback, he's probably not a first round pick. But super flex, he's definitely a first round pick. But all five of these guys are definitely if you're moving to the 2021, it might be for one of these guys. Right. All right, let's go ahead and get into so, the Twitter anal- the Twitter roster analysis, guys. What do you have for us? All right. Uh, Nate, you want me to take the lead on this one? Yeah, go for it, man. All right. So we have a guy named Bearded Shotgun, and his uh, format was a 12-team Superflex. And when we looked at uh, your roster and all that, we kind of came to a point that you are a contender for the championship this year. Um, when I looked at some of your weak spots that you have on your team, um, your starters are very, very strong, but your depth behind them lacks a little bit. And then in a super flex, only having two quarterbacks, as we've all stated earlier, you know, isn't the best. So if you could get a QB three, be perfect. And then, uh, Kirk Cousins is a massive question mark. We don't know if he's going to be a QB1 like he was last year or if they're going to go more run heavy as they showed later on in the year. But uh, a couple of or a trade that we came up with was uh, it was to Dynasty Dad and it was to give up a 2020 second for Andy Dalton. And that sounds bad and outlandish at the start of it, but. That will cover your first uh, – it'll cover uh, – your quarterback was Baker Mayfield, and that will cover his bye week. After that bye week, you can go and trade him to other teams who only have one quarterback, and those guys' names are BZB, the, phar- the pharmacist, uh, TNFF Tornado, and – Two on one pod Tommy or D Brown FF eight eight eight, who all have two QBs or less, or have QBs that might be benched by rookies that were selected this year, and you could flip him for some depth to make your playoff run. Yeah, I think that's smart because it's like you said, Ben. You kind of 
do the fool's gold type thing where you can get him for a 2022nd and then kind of hamstring some of these other teams that only have one quarterback in a super flex or have two quarterbacks and they're going to have a buy. Um, but you could potentially, you might, at, by the time you flip Andy Dalton, you could say, hey, this late 2022nd that I gave up is now an early 2022nd. So you moved up eight spots for doing nothing. Or, you know, you might get a desperate contender where, hey, I am one quarterback away. You might end up getting that late first or something by flipping Dalton again. Yeah. What was the lineup again, the starting lineup? Um, Give me one second to pull it up. Yeah, Baker may feel a quarterback. I know that. Yep. Um, do, 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 load, load, load. There we go. So the starting lineup was Baker Mayfield, Saquon Barkley, Adam Jones, Adam Thalen, Cooper Cup, Alshon Jeffrey, OJ Howard, Tariq Cohen, James White, Kirk Cousins. That's pretty good. That's a good starting lineup. Yeah. Yes. Well, you got Aaron, Aaron Jones, not Adam Jones, but yeah. Yeah, you know, we all make mistakes. No, no, that's pretty good. No, that, yeah. yeah, that is, and and I mean, realistically, that is good. Just with Dalton, like you said, I guess I really never thought about that trading for one week and then just trading back because if they if there really is that scarce where teams have one real quarterback, even though Dalton sounds disgusting, he is a starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah. without a threat of getting replaced this season yeah um, all right and that's pretty much all we we have for everyone right that's, that's all i got it's got to be back i do uh want the better brother back <laughs> it was good to have you back nate um, nate where can they find you uh, i'm on twitter at ff big cat better brother ben Better brother. I'm just gonna change my Twitter to that, shouldn't I? Uh, um, Triple B. But you can find me on Twitter at uh, PendrezF. And you can find me on uh, One King FFB. Everyone, have a good day. Be safe.